In this episode of Experience Points, I connected with my friend and colleague, Dustin Stats from Board Gaming with Education on his program, Remote Adventure. In this episode, we cover game space learning versus gamification. There are some similarities and some differences. We also covered some tools that we like to use for integrating games into our teaching, training, learning, and education. Welcome to another live chat for Remote Adventure. I'm super, super excited to be here with Dave. He is someone I have had a chance to meet in person. We went to PAX Unplugged together. Uh, He kind of showed me the ropes about, or showed me the ropes on attending a US-based board game convention. So it was really cool to meet in Philadelphia. And he is the, I guess he runs University XP. And today we're gonna talk about game-based learning and gamification. So I'm gonna check to make sure the stream is working. Uh, Dave, would you mind introducing yourself a little bit? Sure, thanks, Dustin. Glad to be on the show today. Uh, so my name is Dave Ang. Uh, currently, I serve as a clinical professor and also educational technologist at New York University School of Professional Studies. In addition, I also run the website and blog universityxp.com, where I write about games-based learning and what we can do to use games for teaching, learning, training, and education. Awesome. So we are going to talk about game-based learning and gamification and we're going to kind of look at maybe how we can use some of that online as well. And you were just mentioning to me, you are a hot commodity right now because everyone's Mm -hmm. shifting online and you do some online instruction. Mm -hmm. So what, let's define the terms game-based learning and gamification in a simple sense. So first starting with game-based learning or maybe Mm -hmm. gamification. Sure. So I'm going to start with gamification because that seems to be the term that gets brought up most often. So when we talk about gamification, I'm going to use the definition coined by Yukai Chao, who was the first person to actually define it. And gamification, Dustin, is using game-like elements in non-game contexts. So I realize that's kind of big, so I'm going to break it down for a moment. When we think about that, let's think for a moment about, um, you know, programs and activities like Fitbit. Fitbit is a great use of gamification because it takes some game elements, kind of like that active feedback from steps, the badges you earn from doing different things and activities, and also the leaderboard that you get from competing against other people. Those are all different elements that have been taken from games and used and applied to Fitbit. However, Fitbit alone is not a game because it just provides these different elements that provides users feedback on their activity overall, uh, ideally for an end purpose, which is to make people more active. So that's different from games-based learning. In games-based learning, we as educators, we're using games not only to help promote teaching and learning, but we're using them as the basis for learning. So some applications of games-based learning that we've seen in the past are games that have been created from the ground up for learning and education. And the the most popular example I always turn to is Oregon Trail because it's been around for so long and most people know about that game. However, it's not the only application out there. Uh, Using games-based learning does not mean you have to create a game from the game up. It's just using the game as the way to teach people rather than using the game as something that you just add to a curriculum or course or class. Right, yeah, I love the the very good definition you gave. And one thing I want to go back to is gamification and game-based learning. And I remember looking at this somewhere and I can't remember the blog, but it was defining them and put it into two different categories where gamification is 
how you teach and game-based learning is what you teach. So Uh if you're looking at adding like experience points to completing assignments, that's the how, right? You're adding Uh something onto the instruction where what maybe you're using a game based about, uh, I think I have cytosis around here somewhere Uh or evolution. Um, Uh You're teaching through the game and what you're teaching is evolution, the theory of evolution. Uh Awesome. So what would be an example of, um, maybe another example you can give of game-based learning? Sure. So you brought up some really great examples there from our other friend, um, uh, John from Genius Games. So the way that he's used games in the past are actually for that teaching and and instruction. So you brought up cytosis before, and that's really used to teach students about how cellular mitosis and and, uh, uh, an individual cell operates. Um, some of his other offerings are subatomic about uh, the molecular structure. There's also periodic about the different um, elements on the periodic table. And these are all games that are talking about, um, you know, STEM subjects, uh, uh, science, technology, engineering, and math. But one right. thing that I tell a lot of educators is that um, serious games and simulations are actually another form of game-based learning. So if you've ever participated in something like... Um, uh, the model UN or the model United Nations, those are right, simulations right. that replicate a complex, you know, connection and a web and network of different um, individuals and nations and uh, motivations and, and other things. And those simulations are actually really great examples of using games-based learning because we are putting students in those scenarios and giving them the tools to succeed, but not telling them how to succeed. Right. Yeah, those are some perfect perfect examples. I know Genius Games comes up a lot in the board game space. Um, mm-hmm. I like to use a lot of games for game-based learning, for language learning. And I think I'm lucky because when it comes to language learning, yes, there are more efficient ways to teaching, but any game you play can be game-based learning because there's an interaction in the language or interaction with the language playing the game. And I'm wondering, maybe you can help me answer this question because I kind of, I struggle with it because I think there that it's both. I think that the course that I developed, I gamified it in a traditional sense by adding experience points or, um, yeah, we'll go with the experience points. But students need to interact with me or with the system in English. So I wonder, can something ever be both? Sure. I mean, uh, what I've done in the past is I've also gamified my class. I've used gamification like you have. Um, one of the biggest examples and something that I've recommended to faculty members in the past is kind of like that flipped grading scheme mm-hmm. where I taught a class on public speaking one time. And instead of uh, pursuing a traditional grading scheme, which is you do an assignment and then based on on how few mistakes you made, you earn a grade that's equivalent of that. But I flipped it. I said that in this class, in order to earn an A, you're going to need to earn 2,000 experience points. And everyone starts at zero experience points. But you get points for everything you do. And I told my students, if they did everything absolutely perfectly, there's 5,000 points out there to earn. But you only need 2,000 to earn an A. And that way, I gave my students a lot of agency and flexibility in order to finish the course. Uh, so that's an example of gamification. But what you could also do is start playing and using different games in that class, which would be qualify as games-based learning. So one of the uh, 
one of the games that I actually played in that class is Werewolf. So if you've ever played Werewolf or Mafia or kind of those social hidden deduction, hidden role games in the past, I used it in my public speaking class when we were addressing persuasive speech. Because if you're not familiar with that game, ultimately what you want to do is convince others um, not to vote you out of the game, basically. And it takes <laughs> right. a lot right. of persuasion. So that's what we did. We I gamify that class. I use gamification principles in its construction. But I also use games-based learning by using actual games to teach my students. Awesome. Yeah, I loved using Werewolf when I taught in Taiwan. It was a lot of fun yeah. to to play that game. And I would use um, because statements. Like, I think mm -hmm. he's in Werewolf because... Uh, so that was that was cool. Um, I wonder if you can think of because a lot of us now are inside or I guess <laughs> we're inside, but we're being asked to maybe quarantine ourselves and a lot of schools are closed. Uh -huh. So a lot of teachers are asking to or being asked to maybe redesign their whole curriculum and put it online or they're being asked to get from this week to the next week and do some sort of online distance learning are mm -hmm. you or do you know of any good examples of ways we can either apply game-based learning or gamification through remote remotely mm -hmm. well i know that for a lot of my colleagues and i right now we're busy trying to adjust uh a course that was supposed to be delivered in person but now needs to be delivered remotely and online so it's kind of difficult a lot of the things I would recommend, Dustin, uh, might not be applicable because it would address redeveloping a course from the ground up rather than changing it midterm. Right. Uh, but one of the things I wrote about in my blog before was the difference between ortho games and idio games. And if your uh, viewers and listeners haven't heard of the, those terms before, I'll break it down quickly. An ortho game is one of the, those games that we usually think about when we think about games. So it's like chess or checkers or um, you know any ver or like um, Settlers Catan or Monopoly or anything else. It's a game you play that has a clear winner at the end. Mm. Ideal games, on the other hand, are games you play that don't have a clear winner or aren't meant to even have a clear winner. Some games that fall in those categories are role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons or maybe party games like Just One. Of course, Just One has a mode where you can win, but I usually just play it as an activity. Um, but what, why I bring that up is because um, I have an, a website I began using and something that I've been recommending to a lot of other students and faculty is this way to take notes. And you can do this completely digitally online. And I think this is a great tool. Uh, Dustin, have you heard of the Memory Palace way to remember things? In yeah. The past? yeah, yeah. But if you, okay. don't, if you want to explain it for, for some that okay. haven't. So the Memory Palace is a way to remember things. And usually what... Like what educators would talk about was when you're remembering things, you're, you're, it's declarative knowledge. It's just factual knowledge, and you're just trying to remember different things on the list. Like think about a shopping list, you know, eggs, milk, bread, and everything else. You would just normally write that down on the list. Right. But when you use the memory palace technique to remember things, instead of thinking about a list, you imagine an imaginary space in your head, your quote-unquote memory palace. So it would be like a house, and in that room, in that room, there's a shelf, and on that shelf. There's a chicken reminding you to get eggs. There is uh, a baker. There's a chef's hat telling you to get bread. And there's also um, uh, a cow, a little 
let, let's say a cow skull that says that you need to get some milk. Oh, so what's cool many, about that is- How many times have you made up this story? <laughs> <laughs> I just made it up right okay. now, but let's, let's picture that those are the items you have in your memory palace yeah. to pick up um, some groceries at the store. This website I found called Nototo, N-O-T-O-T-O dot app. Um, it provides you a method to create this memory palace, but digitally online. And what's cool about it is when you log in, it's a note-taking app, but you don't actually have notes. You don't have a notebook. What Nototo is, it's a 3D space. The thing I, the, the thing I can closely recommend it being close to is like uh, Minecraft. Mm. Because instead of creating a notebook, you actually build an island. Your island is the notebook. And then when you want to remember things as part of that notebook, you start building structures on that island, like houses and right. roads and park benches and trees and sometimes animals. And you can annotate, you can add you know, typewritten notes to that. But through your process of, of assigning a visual reminder to this declarative knowledge, <laughs> you are building a digital memory palace. So it's That's not awesome. games-based learning per se, but I highly recommend it and it's free to use. The website is nototo, N-O-T-O-T-O dot app, A-P-P. That's really cool. I I mean, I almost see that as a way to expand on that idea because I'm thinking about the game I've been playing recently with some friends, um, Elder Scrolls Online, and that mm -hmm. the, the map is just ginormous. Like, there's so many things to do. The game is like just thousands of hours of uh, content. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of at the age where I'm just like having fun with my friends. I don't, I don't really care about like learning the ins and outs of the game system. But I know when I was younger, I, I really enjoyed doing that stuff. I really enjoyed going through my cell phone and like going through every single option and setting that I could change and see what they do. And mm -hmm. I see maybe what you're talking about is a way to explore a space and really learn the space. And if you develop a system of notes within that space, through the interactions and the play of that space, you might be able to help with that memorization of those facts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So we have an example of an online one. Do you have any other like tips or advice maybe you might give to someone in their situation now that is, if a teacher is now at their home and they're trying to connect with their students um, mm -hmm. that you might say or suggest with the use of gamification or game-based learning? Sure. So uh, one of the most popular applications of uh, gamification is, like I said before, with uh, teachers that are teaching that declarative knowledge or factual knowledge. So it's available. I've used it extensively. Um, probably people in your audience have used it too, but there's Kahoot as an online remote platform that allows you to create gamified quizzes. Uh, I believe that's a great platform. Um, I know that when I've used it in the past, it's been free whenever you use an educator account. I believe that they're offering a deal right now because of the crisis in order to let other educators use it. Um, but what I really like about that platform is that it takes a model that a lot of educators are already familiar with, you know, like trivia systems, kind of like Jeopardy or something right. else. But it makes it digital. And in, in this environment, it also makes it so that individual students can connect and compete remotely. Uh, so that's one in addition to Onodo that I've been talking about um, some of my other faculty members using. Awesome. Yeah, there's also uh, Quizzes, I think. Um, well, there is Quizzes, so Q-U-I-Z-I-Z-Z.com. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of explored use Kahoot a little bit, but got, I got used to using quizzes, so that's the one that I'm familiar with. 
Uh, I think there's one more too, but it's similar similar style where it's quiz. It's like a, a quiz game where you're competing against other classmates. Yeah. Oh, I thought of another one, Dustin. So there's one called a platform I've used in the past you called Edpuzzle. It's E-D-P-U-Z-Z-L-E. And what Edpuzzle is, it allows educators to take an existing video. So that could be a video on like YouTube or Vimeo or anything else. And you can use that video, but you can edit it so that when students are watching that video through Edpuzzle, it'll pause and ask that students some questions. And you can make it a multiple choice question. Mm. You can turn it into a quiz. And I think that's a really great way to not only repurpose video content that's already online, but it, it, to turn it into an assessment, whether you want to use that as a summative or an iterative assessment is going to be up to you, but it allows you to repurpose video content that's already online. And one of my favorite places to, to use that for are TED Talks, just because I think they're really great, well-produced, and have a lot of knowledge to share. Yeah, yeah that's perfect. Uh, Jonathan, Cassie, and I were just talking yesterday about Edpuzzle. I wonder Gosh. if there's an opportunity to develop it into some sort of... Uh, almost like an escape room where you have to answer questions in multiple videos to get different uh, like answers to a puzzle, mm -hmm. like actually using the video as a puzzle instead of a, an assessment as students go along the video and answer questions, but there's some sort of uh, intertwined puzzle be, between more between multiple videos. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Would be cool. All right, Dave, thank you so much for chatting with us. Um, if anyone does have any questions for you, they can leave them in the comments and I'll be sure to forward the questions to you. Uh, if someone wanted to reach out to you, how can they find you? Uh, so the best way to reach out to me is actually via email. Uh, my email address is dave at universityxp.com or you can just check out the website universityxp.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And if you're around in a little bit, I'm going to be playing a board game live. If you're watching or if Dave, feel free to join too. <laughs> so Dave, thank you very much again for sharing some awesome insights and some resources teachers can use. Cool. I'm glad. Thanks for having me, Dustin. Thank you. I hope you found this episode useful. If you'd like to learn more, then a great place to start is with my free course on gamification. You can sign up for it at universityxp.com slash gamification. You can also get a full transcript of this episode, including links to references in the description or show notes. Thanks for joining me. Again, I'm your host, Dave Ang from Games-Based Learning by University XP. On Experience Points, we explore different ways we can learn from games. If you like this episode, please consider commenting, sharing, and subscribing. Subscribing is absolutely free and ensures that you'll get the next episode of Experience Points delivered directly to you. I'd also love it if you took some time to rate the show. I live to lift others with learning, so if you found this episode useful, consider sharing it with someone who could benefit. Also, make sure to visit UniversityXP online at universityxp.com. UniversityXP is also on Twitter at university underscore XP and on Facebook as UniversityXP. Also, feel free to email me anytime at dave at universityxp.com. Thank you.